Hi everybody, we are Matt and Kevin and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week, we discuss the new Sigma event, more Overwatch food challenges, and all the drama revolving around Crystal. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. We are on a break from league stuff because the league is taking a break this week to get ready for the next tournament. So we're actually with the news this week. How have you been, Kevin? And I know you had this tournament this weekend. How was that? Yeah, uh, I did a tournament. I did casting for Overwatch for the first time in like probably like three or four months. Um, it takes a little bit of time to get used to seeing everything go off again. And especially since we're in a, uh, you know, we're in a Genji meta, it's kind of more hectic in a way because of that you know um but at the same time like i i i respect it um like you know all these players are still showing up uh congratulations to off the pack for for winning it um i feel like the tournament overall was was pretty okay a little hectic in terms of like the organization side but other than that uh like in terms of like producing and stuff, I'd have to give credit to Leche who really held down the fort there, and uh, my my co-host uh, Paul for you know handling the play-by-play while I get to just talk about why they lost. How about you, Matt? How, how's everything going on your end? Eh, everything's okay. Just still waiting for Ghosts of Tsushima while I play Star Wars and kind of just noodle around here at home with like comic books and whatnot. Um, yeah, I've, I feel that too. I'm, I'm waiting on ghosts to be. That's supposed to come in on a Friday. Friday is ghost. Yeah, yeah Friday. Day. I'm excited. Um, I'm very excited as well. I, I got my stream set up ready for that. So, um, yeah. Once once it gets in my hands, I'm gonna be plopping it into that PS4 and just running it. I'm also like debating whether or not I want to get uh, SpongeBob Battle of Bikini Bottom because. I played it as a kid. Like I rented it from Blockbuster back when Blockbuster was still a thing, but I never finished it. And then Destroy All Humans Remastered is coming out. And like I've I've played it. I never owned it as a kid because I didn't have like PlayStation until like way after the uh the game came out. I was a I was a GameCube kid. So that's on my list of things to get. I just don't know when. Yeah, I, I've been trying to look for like a whole bunch of new console stuff as well. Um I was scouring the internet literally for like two or three days trying to find a way to capture the 3DS. Because um, people are saying like, oh yeah, there was like an old place where you would mail in your 3DS. They would like mount a plate on the back and it would allow you to, you know, stream from it. And I'm like, and, and then I found out that all those places that originally did it went out of business or are closing up shop. Because the 3DS is no longer like popular, um, so I'm like, wait, how do we how do we do this now? Like, I kind of wanna, I kind of wanted to stream some of my other like Pokemon adventures, or even in a weirder sense, like I fell back in love with Rhythm Heaven, which is another like mm-hmm. it's like WarioWare but for like music. Um, it's way, 
it's it's such a fun experience to play um but we just don't have a way of like streaming it in a way so i know that a lot of people are doing like connectivity custom firmware and all that stuff so i'm trying to like look all that up in my downtime i haven't played warrior in so long that was so much fun yeah just like party mini games like really start off like it can't start a party really well um if you have the right tools for it um rhythm heaven's more of a solo game but like it does test how well like you can keep a beat or uh can count yeah counting is sometimes hard remember when rhythm games were like the biggest thing in the world of gaming like ddr was everywhere Mm -hmm. and rock band and guitar hero and just everything was was a rhythm game yeah it it's actually like one of my secondary things besides like you know overwatch and fps's are like my main shtick because i i love that second would be card games and third would be rhythm games so like i i grew up like getting my cardio by playing ddr um and that's because my cousins used to play DDR like competitively. And it was like, there were two styles of like DDR. There was like how hard you can like land your notes, right? And then there's the ones where it's like all performance based, where it's you, you run doubles, where it's like essentially, you know, two people dancing to like the same song, right? Um, you choose a difficulty, but you perform it without looking at the screen. Hmm. And, like, you're performing towards the audience. So the thing is, it tells by your accuracy of what you hit as well as, like, how well you use the stage, quote-unquote. Um, either, like, you know, using the guardrails to swing over, uh, like, bouncing off the side of the machine. There's just, like, a whole bunch of just, like, extra things that you can do. Um, but it was it was kind of insane. Um, they, they were the performer type. So they, they still taught me how to like play the game normally, but then they were showing me like what they were working on. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Like <laughs> not even looking at the screen, like literally like alternating positioning. And I'm like, what the? and they're still hitting every note on like on a, on a difficult setting. <laughs> I never understood the people who, who were able to do it so well. Like I would watch them and I would just blow my mind. I remember, um, there was, there used to be this arcade kind of place called Boomers down like near the mm-hmm. San Diego area that I visited with my cousins once or twice. Yeah. We had a Boomers up my way too. Okay. Yeah. Like we didn't have them in LA, but they were, I went to one in around San Diego with my cousin, mm-hmm. I think it was for our birthday and we we're just walking through the arcade one time and this dude, like we were there for a couple hours the entire time. This guy was just absolute beasting on DDR and like just moving his feet faster than I'd ever seen anyone move before. And we, we left at one point to go, I think play uh, mini golf or whatever. We came back inside and the only thing that had changed was the guy now had a drink. Yeah. Like people use that as their cardio and I really respect it. Like if you can play DDR, like I don't care if it costs like, you know, 30 bucks to get your like hour and a half or half hour in like, you see people going in there, at least like close to me now, which I'm really lucky to have. Um, there's two different arcades that are within like a 15 minute drive of me. Um, one of them is like, one of them's around one. So if anybody's been to around one, it's literally like Japanese import games, 
um, a couple of just like mainstay games as well. But it's more of an arcade for me because I, I love you know the Japanese rhythm games there. But um, essentially, if you get there at like seven o'clock, um, anywhere from seven to two a.m. is like when people are literally working out on like the DDR machines. Like uh-huh. they come in, they have a towel, they have like a gym bag, they have like uh, you know like a no sleeve shirt and shorts. They got their basketball shoes on, and they like if they're really try hard. They'll bring their own sticky mat, like the thing that you have at like basketball games, so that they get the proper amount of grip. And I'm like, what? What is this? And like, you just see like lines of people show up to just like get a little bit in, or just to get like, you know, their their heart running and stuff like that. And I'm like, I really respect that because I'm the guy who's on the weird. Uh, I, I'm on uh, Musica, which is like a hand. DJ spinner game. Um, I just I just like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is a, uh, I think it's a Dave and Buster. Yeah, it's a Dave and Buster's. Um, that one also has a has a DDR machine, but it's not as popular just because like there's only like three of them there versus like round one's got like six, so everybody's over at one place just getting their hours in, and it's it's insane to like see some of these people. I was never any good at DDR. I was really, really bad. I was okay. It's just that, like, I was playing basketball for such a long time that I guess my cardio was okay. But now that, like, I haven't played in a long time, if I were on a DDR machine, uh, you you could probably bet that I'll be, like, healed over, out of breath, <laughs> uh, in a fetal position, <laughs> in a pool of sweat, uh, probably by, like, the second song in i mean i've been doing like some occasionally to, to work out i'll do like just dance or um back when i still played xbox uh what was it um dance central and like those are fun mm-hmm. i can do that those are fine and i actually do get a workout doing them if you do it right but like i don't know for what what reason it was ddr was just a whole nother monster for me yeah it's a different set of like like skills like hand feet coordination is not something that or like i like foot eye coordination you're just like oh how does that work uh it's just like yeah you understand that it is equidistant but like the second that you like lean one way you have to like recover um i know that at least for me i had the tendency to bounce um which is like Essentially, you would jump to, like, the beat, and you would keep yourself, like, on on track, on beat. But, like, if there's that middle step, I tend to miss that just because, like, I'm feeling the beat instead of, like, reading the notes. Um, and then I played a lot of Guitar Hero. Um, ah, Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero and Rock Band. Like, the second that Rock Band came out, too, I would do... This is something that, like, trained me... And like actually conditioned me to actually learn guitar. Um, they said play rock band with the guitar controller, but also sing the like bring the mic to your face too. Uh-huh. And you would have to play the guitar and sing the song at the same time while standing up. <laughs> and I'm yeah, like, like, okay. So I would pick a song that I knew. I'd be able to sing it 
and still play the guitar at the same time and that's something that really taught me how to like perform um while like focusing on what it sounds like um albeit like some of the songs were like kind of difficult to play on the guitar side but usually when you when you're on the guitar half you're just playing chords throughout the time that you're singing and then you just like go off on a guitar solo like whenever you're done so going back to a more overwatch thing what is like the day in the life of kevin during uh a st- when you're streaming or a tournament and stuff what is that like for you on a like a, an entire holistic aspect not just casting okay so i'm i'm really like right now i'm on rona time i'm not gonna lie i i wake up super late um but the the rule of thumb is whenever the tournament is supposed to start so um they were running on eastern time so i had to adjust everything so seven o'clock eastern time was the start so that means four o'clock pst so the main rule of thumb is that you want to be in the room or in whatever call or uh, what is it? Like whatever you're going to be using to get communication and webcam, all that set up um, within the hour before. Mm-hmm. So um, the day of Kevin is like, I wake up three hours before broadcast starts. Um, I roll around in bed for another hour. Um then I <laughs> I get up, I take a shower, eat some food, uh, get some coffee, um, and then I grab, like, snacks. Now, the snacks are important. You don't want anything that's, like, crunchy, but you also want something that's, like, um, something that'll keep you going in a way. Um, and my go-to is, like, soft cookies. I like soft cookies for the stream um, because, like, in terms of, like, sugar, you can, like, get really hyped off of it um but at the same time you don't have to like if you're biting into a soft cookie no one's gonna hear it on stream so it's it's important to know like how difficult it is if not bring a glass of milk uh that also works but you know then you just have a lot of stuff on your desk um i forgot to mention the night before you want to take notes on all the important things that you need to mention Um, Uh like i have my note cards sitting next to me from this event so I can tell you, you know, this is the Overwatch Collegiate Combine. It's a two-day event, best of one, uh, X, Y, and Z. And it's just like the map pool, um, you know, it's a double elimination 16 team. Like all that stuff is all here. So I know, like, if I ever have to fill time, I know what to say. Like there's there's things here that I could always reference off of. Um and you can you can see it if you ever go back and watch the video. You can see me like looking down or looking off to the side. It's because I'm checking my notes as I'm uh, as I'm going through. But yeah, notes is important to take before the uh, the tournament. Um, and yeah, it's usually just wake up, take a shower, make sure that you like you're presentable, um, and then go and go in and try to do it. Um, Another thing that I get asked a lot, um, casting-wise, is, like, dress code. Uh, most people think, like, everybody's always dressed up in suits. Like, if you look at, like, Golden Boy, Mr. X, mm-hmm. it's always, like, really nice dress suits and a tie, maybe. Like, depending on how hard you're going, I'm like, it really depends on the level of how crazy 
or like how professional they want to make their broadcast. Um, you don't want to overdress if you're going next to somebody who's going to be, you know, not wearing as much. The bare minimum, I would say, um, if you're a guy going in, just buy a sports coat. Like, that's all you need. You wear like an Overwatch graphic tee and you throw over the sports coat, you look somewhat professional and that's it. Um, I I would say, you know, same thing could work uh, for females as well if you want to try that out. Um, I've seen, you know, women also wear like a really nice uh, dress in general. Uh-huh. Um, it's, but like something that covers the shoulders as well. Um, that, you know, brings a level of prof- like professionalism. Uh, it's insane to like cast alongside some of these people. Um, and I, I got lucky, you know, Paul is just like an insane dude um good at calling the the play-by-play um him and i have like the same school of thought so we we were trained under the same guy so we have this kind of you know chemistry together already um so that, that was pretty cool and i would just say you know wear whatever's comfortable but don't always don't overdress for something that like you're just kind of casually doing if it's like a big, like big time event, like you know that you're gonna get, I would say the cap number is like 200. If like you, you feel like there's gonna be more than 200 people on the Twitch channel when they're watching, dress up, because they're gonna remember like, oh, you're the guy with the cool thing X Y Z. So like, when I went to, for example, the the California State Fair when we had the Overwatch tournament, um, the first time I went out, I was in more casual clothing. Um, just because like it was it was like a on-site like show thing um the first week we got like 500 people and i was looking i was looking pretty okay the second time when they had the collegiate show i dressed up because i knew that like they were going to be promoting it a little bit more we had about like 2000 people watching and like that's a lot it's a lot of people considering that it was just me on the mic um that week and the first time it was like me on observing and on casting so that's like trying to you know juggle and ride a unicycle at the same time uh i i'm only doing like one at a time kind of um so when i did the collegiate one um and i i can't stress this enough if you have a friend who's an observer keep them by your side like 24 7 this is this is why like v flight and i are literally like joined at the hip if there's like an event that I need, like they're like, oh well, we don't really have a a spectator. I'm like, you know, I I need to call my dude. Like you gotta, if you give me a little bit more, I can get you a person who knows what they're doing and will make a broadcast beautiful. Because if you have a good spectator, your commentators are just like right on top of it. It is, it makes a world of difference. There's a lot that really goes into this behind the scenes that like none of us have even conceptualized yeah it's kind of like i know that tournament organizers like the people who they really pay up front are like the talent themselves like me um the the broadcast faces but like i feel like honestly i would take a pay cut i would take so i'll, I'll just let you guys know like my average rate is like somewhere around like a hundred dollars per gig um it goes up or down depending on you know the actual event um and the scale of the event um but honestly i would be willing to take like a 50 percent pay cut if i could bring my own like 
if I could bring my own spectator and I know that it works, right? Like it's in, in other words, like most of the spectator, the people who are like actually watching the game don't get paid. Um, and that that's a shame, honestly. Like they're the ones who are telling the story. Like you could literally, if you took away like Mr. X and Uber and all those guys out of the picture um, and you just had let's just say Overwatch, no audio, no like spectator audio, but still the same level of production as the, uh, as the Overwatch league, you would have a better way of telling your story than if you had them on the spectator cams while like, while trying to commentate at the same time. I would rather lose the commentators than lose the spectators. That's just the main gist of it. So, Honestly, if you want if you want your hand at being like a part of production, really study observing. Like it's really important um, for any game. Okay, so now let's finally get into the news of the week. Um, so as some of you may know, today, uh, o- not to October, we're in July. So today, oh July fourteenth, <laughs> uh, the Sigma event has also dropped. Also today, July fourteenth, I just found out nineteen eighty six is technically. SpongeBob's birthday, as as according to the lore. So, happy birthday to SpongeBob SquarePants, who is nine years older than you and I, Kevin. So, oh, uh, <laughs> he's what thirty four this year. Wow. So, happy birthday to SpongeBob. But back to Overwatch. Um, so the Sigma event is happening. It's his Maestro event. Uh, he's getting the new Epic skin, which he has shoes and he has hair. So, uh, this is a well, I mean, his his rhyme skin has hair, but he doesn't have shoes in the rhyme skin. I'm very excited for the shoes. Um, so, like other events, three wins, you get a spray. Six wins, you get a player icon. Nine, you finally get the Maestro skin. If you watch a, a qualifying stream for two hours, you get a Maestro spray for Sigma. You watch for four hours, you get Moro on the fiddle and Symmetra on the sitar. And watch for six hours, you get Lucio with a Bossa Nova. May with a, I can't pronounce that. It's Gusheng, G-U-Z-H-E-N-G. Apologize to all of our Chinese listeners for butchering that pronunciation. And Arisa has a Djembe spray, which is, uh, she's playing the drums. These mini events are really fun. Um, and especially, you know, I, I like Sigma's look here. Uh, it's you can so finally cool. tell that I'm he definitely is, uh... rocking this spray, this skin when it comes out. I like the rhyme, but this is going to be my new one. Yeah, it, it's really, really fun, honestly. Um, and, you know, I, I also like the the art that they use for the sprays. I know that they usually, I, I forgot where they put it, but, like, they do give credit to, like, the original artists who did it. Um, but they're, like, they're really cute this time around. It's kinda, it kind of reminds me of, like, the D.Va the Diva event one, the Nuka-Cola event. I really like those sprays, too. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're really cute. I'm definitely going to be uh, watching some streams here and there in order to get get these uh, get these sprays. And yeah, uh, I don't play that much Sigma, but honestly, if he's looking this fly, I might reconsider. I've been playing a lot more Sigma recently. I've been playing it more than Ryan. Yeah, I feel like he's he's in a better position as a as an off tank right now. Um, just because you can play him with either, you could either play him with Ryan or Arissa. Um, 
But looking at the meta right now, like he's just so good with Arissa. Um and Arissa is like a mainstay at the moment, just because it is like uh we're we're in a meta where Blade Gravitic Flux is insane. Um also, you know, halt Gravitic Flux into Dragon Blade equals like death. So yeah, th- things like that is gonna happen quite a bit. So continuing with the, the musical theme, uh the Cities and Countries soundtrack has been released on YouTube and it's it's going along definitely with the musical theme of the Sigma event. So what this is is pretty much all of the uh the music for the Overwatch game has been I guess it's already divided into the maps because of the music per map, but they've released the tracks individually and it I think it's really cool. Um there's a lot of subtlety in these soundtracks that you really you don't get when you're playing the game, like things that get faded into the background, like on Anubis, I didn't realize that there was a little bit of a vocal track or, um, for horizon, not horizon for Oasis. Uh, it starts with some animal sounds and whatnot. So this was really cool. And I think even cooler is just looking at all the comments on YouTube and seeing everything that, uh, all the community saying about them, like for King's row, like, uh, one of the comments was all rise for the overwatch national anthem. Um, people talking about on different maps of like how, how much they love the, the map or their memories getting sniped cross map on like King's row or whatever, or things like that. It's actually really wholesome to see how much the community loves the music. There is an interview with Derek Duke, the music director, um, and Adam Burgess, who's a composer on this. They sat down to talk with PlayStation on PlayStation blog about it. Um, and it's just a lot of the, uh, the ways that they think about how to bring this together. A really interesting fun fact apparently is that during the hall, when they were composing the Hollywood soundtrack, they got influenced from Taylor Swift and nine inch nails, but I, I I don't personally hear it, but that's where they're saying it came from. For, For which map again? For Hollywood. For Hollywood. Okay. Yeah. Taylor Swift and nine inch nails. That's I cool. That's an interesting fun fact. Um, listening to through these, I think my favorite track. I I didn't realize how much I liked the Oasis soundtrack until I listened through it. Um, some of my favorites are still Eichenwald and uh, Blizzard World. I've always liked those two, but just listening to them in just by themselves makes them sound so much better. Yeah, I, I'm definitely gonna take a little bit of time to like look through all this. Um... I do like this music and I don't know exactly, you know, why they would release this, but it's really cool that they did. Um, we never I, know I why hope... they do anything, Kevin. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, I mean, I was like, yeah, they just kind of throw stuff out there and then we're just like, oh, yeah, cool. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I I would hope that this is just this is just me. Uh, I hope that what this means is um, they're going to allow content creators to use this music. Um, to promote their game and to really just showcase you know some of the some of the things that overwatch itself can bring so like you know it would be really cool if we could like use this for like a highlight video or something like that or if we wanted to discuss you know the current meta we could have it as kind of like background music um i know that a couple i know that streamers some streamers have used um 
like they actually created their own music and made it like you know copyright free or um available for streamers just because of the the new uh dmca takedowns and it really does help like a lot of people don't realize like how important sometimes like a background track is what are some of your favorite tracks that i I know you said you haven't listened to it like by themselves but before listening to them and listening to all like the little intricacies and just the music by itself what are some of your favorite soundtracks from the game i like the feel and vibe of hanamura um like that one um and another one that like I think I think Route 66 and Dorado are also just like really nice. Uh, they they kind of get you in the mood to like fight, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Route 66 sounds like you know you're going into a saloon and somebody's about to break a bottle over red. Uh, Dorado sounds like dancing cactuses. So you know that's just this is what I feel. The opening to Dorado is just so very in your face. Like yeah. this is Mexico. it's so funny because like um literally during the whole tournament we had the first map was control points uh second was payloads and then the third if we needed it was like a hybrid so the quote like the the control point maps that they had options from is busan lijong and oasis everyone picked lijong right and then for the payload maps we gave them the option of junkertown gibraltar or dorado and everyone picked Dorado. So, like, the first thing that you hear, like, we get to hear the music before the uh, before the audience does. So, like, we j- before we even hear, like, "Welcome to Dorado," it's just like you just hear the you just hear the horns, <laughs> and you're just like, "Okay, we're going to Dorado." Like, it, that's just how it is. It's, I remember it's one so, of my first so uh, competitive games I ever played was on Dorado, and I remember the guy. I, I oh my god I don't know why he was just so angry, but we were losing Dorado we were losing pretty handily, and like no one on our team went healer, and so I was playing Mercy for the first time and I was just not doing well. But this guy was just flaming our entire team. He's like, "What's wrong with you guys? Don't you try to play the game? Like if you just want to play run and gun and shoot, like go play Call of Duty. Go play Call of Duty. This is a team game." And just the entire time. It was so bad. I feel like the rest of the team was throwing just because he was so mad. It is one of those things where you just want to you wanna get it done as quickly as you can. Um, there's a reason why, you know, unrated is a thing. It's to warm up and to, you know, maybe run and gun, have fun. Um, it, and I feel like right now with OpenQ, I know that a lot of players think, you know, OpenQ is going to die off eventually and not not be fun but i think you know it's gonna be it's gonna be around for a little bit just because it is a fun game mode that a lot of uh a lot of players are looking forward to again like yes you're gonna run into goats because that's just how it is but you can also see the original like i know with my team if i brought my team we'd be running the original like uh chengdu hunter strat like They'd put me on ball. Uh, we'd put we put one person on the mercy, and then everybody else is just like Widow, Farah, uh, Soldier seventy six, and Tracer. Like we're just we're getting back there. We might replace like one of the soldiers could easily be Ash and Widow, or Widow can be Ash, and then we just put Echo 
up there too. Just make everybody freak out over the number of things they have to look at at the same time. Uh, dealing with me on the ball and then just like two people in the sky and Tracer's already like in your back line. Well, speaking of, of comms, so just to skip around, um, for the upcoming next tournament, the bands for the uh, compositions are May, Widow, Arisa, and Anna. So I'm thinking a lot of dive. Mm. No more Arisa. So it goes 50-50 here. With Arisa gone, there's actually such a big hole in terms of the current meta. Um, Arisa is like a really important part just because of the halt. So there's two things that I could see going down. One is dive, clearly because one of the more obvious options. The other one is, you know, the classic death ball. Um, Zarya hasn't been in a really hot spot recently, but if you're looking for like Ryan Zarya could come back just because Diva is in the mix. Um, I'm expecting, you know, a lot of Ryan Diva tomorrow or throughout this next week just because it is a very stable composition. Um, you could also see Ryan Sigma just because you want that double shield uh, potential still. Um, and yeah, um, that's gonna be that's gonna be big. With Ana gone, I still see, I still see Brig Baptiste as the pick for the support line, even without the the shield on Brig. Yeah, I, the, the, not I the shield, it, the armor, the armor buff. Yeah, okay, so it depends on how well it goes. Cause like, here's here's how I see it. Without the armor buff, right? Does that really mean that Genji is gonna get played, right? But if Genji is still in a meta, you need somebody to shut it down. And with Ana out, like the only other option is Brig. Um, if you're on the support line, at least. Um, that is the only way to really shut down a diving Genji. Um, so that might be the case, unless they're just willing to take the L. Or This is just one thing. You know, if, if I had the choice with Ana out... Bring back Bobby Boy to Zen. <laughs> let Zen let Zen play for a little bit. Free uh, Jonak. Yeah, free Jonak. No, no more, uh, no more on a jail for him. You know, just I can see it happening just because, like, if Dragon Blade becomes an issue, you have the damage output from Zen, but you also have Transcendence, which guarantees that you'll be okay um, as long as you, you know, don't stand outside of it and don't get like slash dash combo you know it, it happens sometimes but uh yeah you you should be okay if you have like zen and baptiste i think you're safe um just just thinking about it from that perspective okay so moving back to what i originally had on the schedule um we had another overwatch food challenge um so this week it was mr x in the sideshow and these are I, I'm enjoying watching these way more than I, I want to admit. It, they're just it's just so much fun watching people who don't know how to work with food try to work with food, which is entirely the reason why they have the show Worst Cooks in America on Food Network. Um, so Zoe like Zoe had the actual cooking ability, like she knew what she was doing. She made a really beautiful cake, and like this is what cooking videos should be like. Then we had Reinforce, who was trying his hardest, and he's just a hot mess all over. Like, it didn't look good, but, like, in the end, it was functional, and it was fun watching him struggle. 
Now, Mr. X just, he just gives the ID gaff energy. Like, he just does not care about it. And I think that made it even more fun to watch than Reinforced Struggling. Because, like, you know, have you ever used vanilla extract, Kevin? Yes. It's very concentrated, yes? It is highly concentrated. Like, you're, you're only supposed to use the tiniest bit because it's so damn concentrated, right? Yeah, yeah. You're only supposed to use, like, maybe one or, like, yeah, one drop, maybe two. Uh, okay, so Mr. X just dumps vanilla extract, like, two <laughs> glushes of it into his cake batter because he's, he's, and I kid you not, he says this in the video, he's relying on the smell. That's how he's measuring. Just vanilla extract smell. That's so. It's just, it's like I I literally went back and replayed that five second clip so many times just because it baffled my mind how much vanilla extract he was using, and also like he doesn't know how to separate eggs. Like he was trying to separate out the egg white for the egg, but he was separating out the yolk, and he realized that when he all he had left was the yolk. So, um. The, uh, if you're going to watch any videos, I would say watch Zoe's and watch this one, Mr. X's, because it's just the contrast of how much Zoe cares and how little Mr. X cares is hilarious. It, it's so good. And like he didn't even put a surprise inside his cake. So absolute weak sauce. And then we go to Sideshow. Sideshow is like... It was painful to watch just because I, I I don't really know what was he was going for. I don't know if he was just he didn't care or he was trying to be funny, but it was really painful. So so first off, Kevin, explain to me how you would what how much would you like to try a garlic flavored cake? That sounds terrible. Yeah, uh, no, I love garlic. I use way too much garlic when I cook. Like if if yeah. I if a recipe calls for three garlic cloves i'm throwing in nine like i will yeah, literally yeah. triple the amount of garlic you tell me to put because i love garlic so much it's my favorite ingredient yeah, it, that is a uh that's a filipino 101 it's like whatever the garlic says double it like <laughs> double trip, triple I mean, it. i'm tripling like, the garlic it's just so good whatever man like but in a cake like in a, a cake. cake is supposed to be sweet like i don't think like there's such thing as a good sweet yeah i mean like even roasted garlic has its limit right roasted garlic's fantastic but i'm not putting it in a cake yeah exactly like that goes on like french bread like yeah but that does not go in a cake that's for a savory flavor like like his his excuse was he wanted to go with the french theme because it was a paris eternal cake he wanted to go with the french theme so he put garlic in it it was so bad and so like the video starts with him saying he's making this Paris Eternal cake. And so um, in order to like show that he's he's not ba- he's not freehanding this, he's kind of basing it on the actual logo of the Paris Eternal. Um, he shows that he's he has the reference image and it's his underwear like suspended from the uh, from the exhaust in his kitchen. And the logo is where the crotch should be. And if you know what the Paris Eternal's logo is, then you'll get the joke. Hey. And I'm not sure how that got approved by Blizzard. Good on Sideshow for sneaking that one through. <laughs> um, yeah, this this was just a painful... It, it's 
it's one of those videos where you watch it because it's a car crash. Like you can't look away. Once the once the garlic goes in, you're settled in because like you want to see how badly this turns out. Also, he forgot to use oven mitts. Like he just grabbed the pan with like a little towel and like tried touching it with his bare hands when there is oven mitts right there. So guys, if you're cooking with an oven, please use oven mitts. And also like on top of the garlic, guess what he filled the inside of this with? Just crushed jalapeno Pringles. Just he filled it with crushed jalapeno Pringles on top of the garlic. And like he just did like a normal buttercream vanilla frosting. He didn't have the ingredients, so he just kind of substituted and it was really bad. But oi, this was really bad. Yeah, no, don't, no, don't do that. Uh, that just, that just hurts to hear. Uh, I would just say like in terms of a cake, this is like a, like a zero. Like this, <laughs> it's not this a, cake. a cake. This is, this is just, uh, it's a failed that, attempt at savory bread. Yeah. It, it's not quite garlic bread, but it's not a cake. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's in that weird, like, you know, middle state. I would much rather eat Mr. X's over vanilla cake than anything that Sideshow makes ever. Yeah. Oy. I can agree with that. hundred percent. Oh, I'm just trying to imagine what a garlic cake tastes like. Just imagine someone serves you a cake. You're expecting it to be nice and sweet. Boom, garlic. Just yeah, and like imagine cutting into like a swat, like a soft, you know, slice, and then like you get to the middle section, and it's just crunchy. <laughs> you're just like, what the hell is this? You're just like, don't worry about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> why is it? Why is this cake crunchy? And why does my mouth hurt? Yeah, why? Like, why is so many spicy? Yeah, spicy cake, pungent spicy cake. Ugh. Okay. Well, I, I honestly like watching these videos. What I really want to see is whenever they can go back to being like in the same location, if that can ever happen again. But I'd really want to see an actual like worst cooks in America style competition with like Zoe actually being the judge because she can obviously cook and then the rest of the desk just failing it at making a basic dish you know you have to see i, I feel like custa needs to enter the race um and then yeah well the second that we get custa in the race and we can actually have like a full desk yeah like cook off and then we can we can see how it how it goes oh it's so much fun watching people fail at cooking anyway so moving on to the uh the next topic we have um as we've talked about before, this year Blizzard has really been cracking down on who's using uh, cheating software, who's trying to boost their accounts and whatnot. So um, according to GameRant, um, in an article that I read, um, in China alone, guess how many uh, players have been banned for using cheating software? In China alone, just in the first half of 2020. Hmm. I mm, maybe like maybe like a five five digit number. I'm saying like ten. Yeah, it's 10, a five 000. digit number. We'll, we'll we'll go with the lowest ten digit or five digit number. We'll go with ten thousand and just see how it goes from there. Ten thousand final answer. Sure. Thirty four thousand four hundred thirty three. 
okay so uh, i'm just like you know three and a half times yeah. off uh <laughs> i mean considering it's the overwatch has a, a reportedly sold 10 million copies in china it's that's a small amount but just on its head 34,000 people using cheating software got banned that's a, that's still a huge number like why are you playing this game if you're just going to cheat how is it fun for you yeah like playing the game is only as fun as like you outskilling your opponent i wouldn't say it's like the same way how you would like winning isn't everything in overwatch like that that's probably one of the harder things to like hear but it's true honestly like if you're playing with friends you're having a lot more fun than just uh doing whatever and like winning for free you know i don't know how this will affect and i don't i don't know the numbers in the rest of the world too for this this is just reporting on china but i'm not sure i don't know how this would affect the community and how people are playing because on one hand like this is a huge quality of life improvement for the rest of us playing because we're not worrying about cheaters ruining the games or or hitting shots that they obviously shouldn't be hitting and stuff like that but then again like that's a huge chunk of the uh the population that's not going to be there for the rest of the game who probably are going to get super salty not buy overwatch 2 not play overwatch 2 which is going to make the numbers look worse so then that's going to lead credence to overwatch is a dying game um I, I definitely think this is the right decision just i don't know how it's going to look numbers wise i feel like this is it's a good move honestly to ban cheaters and you know you should never allow people to to just run rampant cheating in your games um i i don't know how strict they are on in terms of like bans because we we don't know if it's an account ban or if it's a ip ban um but either way i feel like you know uh blizzard is doing is, is cleaning up and maybe they're prepping before they go into you know overwatch 2 whenever that's gonna happen um they need to announce the release date soon like I'm fine either way. So like here's here's how I see it. I feel like if they show us a little bit of progress going into it, like on November, like during the next BlizzCon, they say like, oh yeah, we're gonna here's Overwatch two. Here's what we're working on. And then even if they announce like you know what, it's coming out late, like 2021 or something like that, right? Like it gives us something to look forward to. Um, and for those of you who are still in the Overwatch scene, like it just makes you more excited to to look forward to this next game and like what they change from Overwatch One to Overwatch Two. Um, and hopefully, you know, it does help us out a bit. Um, it won't make the game as uh, as stale and kind of, you know, as long as we don't fall into like a same meta kind of deal, I think we'll be mm-hmm. okay. We haven't really gotten any progress at all since they really announced it, right? I can't think of any news we've really gotten, except for the fact that they're not giving us any heroes until the new game is is going to come out. Yeah, I I think that that was one of the big things is like, oh yeah, we're not doing new heroes until uh, we release Overwatch Two. But at the same time, like I understand that they want to take their time and make sure that this release is good. You know, Blizzard has the tendency of um like polishing it a lot until it's ready to come out and then when it comes out it's usually like really really good um but 
you know, Blizzard soon TM uh, could mean, you know, could be at the end of this year, could be the end of next year. We, we never know. So, Kevin, you want to talk about this stuff with Crystal? Yeah, I'll, I'll dive into this whole thing. It, it's kind of a huge deal because, um, I mean, we'll talk about what happened recently in terms of, like, news-wise. Crystal has been signed to a two-way contract by the, Gong, uh, by the Guangzhou Charge, um, announcing that he'll be playing for their contenders team in Ignition 1, as well as for the Charge when they need him. Um, but Crystal was in a lot of hot water considering uh his indefinite suspension from the Hangzhou Spark. Um this is just due to the fact that like he was missing a lot of scrim days um and not showing up just period. He was released in a free agency in July, so this is a totally like okay sign for uh for the charge. It's not like breach of contract or anything. Um but Crystal himself is in like a lot of, of trouble here. Um, the parent company, Billy Billy, uh, who owns the, uh, the Spark, um, filed a request for arbitration against Crystal, demanding that he pay around $2.2 million in reparations. This is, this is U.S. currency. Um, this is for the following. He was feigning, uh, feigning illness to skip practice, which is has been proven um disrupting the team schedule um intentionally delaying his arrival to the u.s before the 2019 season and so on and so forth so in august he was suspended from the team um but originally he was skipping practice because he was saying like oh my mom is in critical condition i need to go check on check in on her and then uh what they found out is like a couple days later, he was, like, at an amusement park with his girlfriend and his mom, like, just having fun at an amusement park. And they're like, what the hell? Like, why, why are you doing this? There's no, you know, you, you should be practicing with us. Um, if you needed time off, I'm pretty sure, you know, they would have just been like, okay, yeah, how many weeks do you need or X, Y, and they would have been fine with it. And then Crystal could come back and play. But they were saying, like, he was having like mental issues. He was toxic to the team as well. Um, and so the, the release of crystal was something that was on the Hangzhou spark. But the fact that like he disrupted so much, so many things is the reason for this number. Um, and yeah, the charges as, uh, the charges against crystal, um, have to be filled out by crystal himself it doesn't have to do anything with guangzhou at all um so guangzhou just signed him that's it they're not getting involved in this whole thing but crystal still has to like deal with this whole you know hangzhou spark business um before he could like even clear his name really so there's a lot of like there's a lot of hot water that crystal's in right now um, and he's got to figure out, you know, first of all, how is he going to deal with this whole thing? Um, and if he can keep up his performance going into, you know, the charge. Um, originally, the the Spark wanted to trade him off and maybe get something else out of it. 
Um, and they were looking at the charge as an example. It was going to be the charge, um, the Boston uprising. And I think there was one other team that was in discussion for crystal. Um, but they were saying like none, none of the teams really wanted him at that point. So they had to release him and yeah, it's kind of, there's a whole bunch of drama going on, um, around crystal if he does like if he does end up playing in the overwatch league again uh you bet that like the matchup between crystal and the spark is going to be something like pretty big why do you think they signed crystal even after all this stuff because like just from looking at it on an outside perspective like he's already shown he can be trouble like are you going to take the risk that he might pull something again? And even if he doesn't, like, his mind's not going to completely be in the game with all this legal action taking against him. He's going to have to deal with that alongside playing in the game, too. Yeah, that is one of the things that, like, I seriously don't know what the charge were thinking. Um, the only The only way how I see the charge signing Crystal this way is like let's say if he's really good friends with like ignition one or like really good friends with like people on the charge and they're like you know what like maybe we want somebody else to to fill in a certain slot crystal is really flexible in terms of his like play um they they had him initially on a dps line but it was taken by godsby um when he was signed up and then he had to play brig and he was not happy with brig then he went to Zarya. He had a little bit of fun, and then he got mad again because it wasn't working out. So I don't know I, if Ignition One can figure out what to do with Crystal. I mean, go for it. But you know, if Crystal never sees the light of day in the Overwatch League again, we kind of know the reason why. It's more of his like attitude towards playing the game as a professional. And, you know, hopefully hopefully he does turn things around and is able to, like, you know, deal with all this. But uh, this is going to be something that's, like, slapped on his back the entire uh, time that he's going to be in this league. I don't think the charge needed to do this. I mean, we they already... Like, if this was pre-them winning the tournament, then maybe this was a move to try to get them to that level but they just won the summer showdown i i i have no idea what they thought this could serve yeah i i feel that i don't don't know why they would do something like this like they their team is strong enough as is i don't think that they need crystal on this team it might be helpful on um it might be helpful on their you know their contenders team I don't know what the state of Ignition 1 is, but honestly, like, he seems like a troubled person. Like, unless there is, like, a reason why they're doing this, uh, I don't see a reason why they would ever sign Crystal this way. What is your best case scenario and your worst case scenario with Crystal on this team? Uh, Best case scenario, like, he plays for Ignition 1 and he plays for... Uh, the charge and he fills into any position that they need and he just becomes like their next rascal like that's the best case scenario is that crystal becomes the next rascal um the worst case scenario is 
you know, he just does the same thing, like leaves the team at random times, uh, doesn't play the game, and then just, you know, leaves. Like, same thing. Like, just he, he takes the contract, he signs up, and then he leaves. Uh, it it would be be really bad not only for like his image like he's just like an untrustworthy person in general Mm -hmm. but at the same time like i feel like it's just like a scummy thing to do and like if that becomes the way right you bet that we're gonna have like memes of that we're gonna be like oh if another player like if another player leaves an organization on their own cause it's gonna be called a crystal from now on like (laughs) Any anything, it's just like oh well, like yeah, you just contracted a ran man. What a crystal! Like it's gonna it's gonna be a new like sim, uh, it, and hopefully, hopefully it doesn't come to that. But like if it does, then you know, we we know what to call it now. So summer games should be coming in two weeks, yeah. Yeah, if we are following the same schedule as last year, um. The first week of uh, of August is usually, or the first Tuesday in August is usually the first time that summer games starts up. Um, I would I would be really glad, you know. It, I think it'd also be pretty funny if uh, they didn't they didn't cancel said summer games, but like they just had like a quarantine edition one where <laughs> it's just like pajama skins for everyone you know everybody's just like chill like in a, in a box maybe uh it just just little things like that i feel like would not only it would honor the fact that like you know the 2020 olympics were canceled but it would also just be like a way of like recognizing you know this year we had we had the virus and uh we can't really be doing things like that I just can't take any more Lucio Ball. <laughs> uh, I want the Florida basketball game. I I wish they... I want them to take that from the workshop. There was one where it was like Farah... It was Farah basketball. It was like last point on Numbani where you would throw Torbjorns into a hoop. Uh, and that was fun. It's like <laughs> playing NBA Street all over again, but having to use jump packs and resets. Um, I think that would be really fun if you did a three-on-three kind of deal. Um, and just it just made it where you, know, you can shoot you can shoot the Torb. Uh, if you melee somebody, you steal the ball. Um, and, you know, just so on and so forth. It, I feel like it would just be a really interesting concept if they do decide to implement it. Is there any way that you could think of that could make Lucio Ball actually fun? Uh yeah. It's called uh No More Lucio Ball. <laughs> <laughs> There's literally so many other sports that you can like recreate here. Um uh, I understand like yeah, you're trying to appeal to the uh appeal to the to the Rocket League fans. Like Lucio Ball is good as a attempt at making rocket league but you still have far basketball and not to mention you still have like ham and bowling that you haven't done Please dude ham and bowling would be so good 
I would play the hell out of Hammond Bowling. It's like you just have it. It's a hero who's a ball. There's no other reason why you shouldn't have Hammond Bowling. Like you like <laughs> you, you you'll anchor onto a certain point and you just have to adjust your angle of swing. Yeah. Oh, the potential. The potential is real. It just needs to happen. I think the only change that they've ever made to Lucio Ball was putting Hammond as the ball. Yeah. And then they just changed the backgrounds. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's so many games that you can do. Like, I mean, everybody has a uh, everybody has a sports skin, right? So it's just and, and Hammond is a bowling ball. Like do it. Is there anything in the Overwatch just community do you think that's hated as much as Lucio Ball? I think maybe Bastion. Junkers I, I feel like Junker Signs Revenge to a certain aspect just because it's like on the same map every time. Uh-huh. But like it 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 really does depend on like the kind of player that you are. Like it, Junker uh Junker Revenge is fun. For a little bit until you like have to do it three or four times, and then you're like, "Oh, okay, they're spawning out of here, spawning out of here." Okay, headshot this. Like, uh, it, yeah, it just kind of gets stale at a certain point. But yeah, if, I think you know, once again, if they change up the map, they'll they'll get a lot more stuff rolling. Um, for that, I know we all know that they have Halloween themed maps, so just move Junker signs to one of those. Uh, uh, you know, Hollywood would be good. Uh, you know, I can vault just the default. There's another one that I think, I think they did, they did one other one. I don't remember, but just put it on a different map. Is there anything else we need to talk about before next week's episodes? I, I think we've, I think we've pretty much taken over all the news that we could find this week. No, I don't think that there's anything else that we really need to cover. Um, but yeah, honestly, uh, if you if you guys want to watch the VOD back, um, it is on the esports CCP uh, Twitch channel. So go ahead and check that out if you guys want to see that. I was supposed to have another Overwatch event this weekend, but it was canceled and scheduled. So boo. Um, we're we're trying to figure that out. It's also because like, uh. There, I'm supposed to be getting some some uh, stuff in from one of the sponsors. I can't really spoil who it is, but I'm supposed to be getting some items from the sponsors, and they're they're sending it in um, and trying to like figure out how to deliver it. So hopefully, like if they're if they're talking about things like they're they're wondering about shipping it means that it could be something big or just like a large quantity of it and that's uh, that's the one thing that i'm like okay i have no idea what's coming here but like if a ups truck shows up and it's got like you know a crate or something like that i don't i don't know what i'd do with it um so yeah i'm just trying to figure out you know everything um and it really depends on what what everybody else is working on, you know. For sure. Oh, oh, big packages. I love getting packages yeah. in the mail. Same. I it, it's something that I definitely look forward to, especially in you know we in the Rona virus now. Uh, 
we in a rona world um whenever you order something online and it comes in the mail you're just like yes like i'm ready like i'm i'm gonna be that kid who sleeps on his porch on like thursday night and then like the day that the ups guy comes up and rolls throws my ghost of tsushima at my face i'm gonna be like (laughs) yes like (laughs) i was camping out here i was getting the the authentic experience (laughs) all right guys thanks for tuning in this week we will catch you next week with the beginning of the final tournament i think of the season for the overwatch league and uh whatever news we can also dig up uh stay safe and uh thanks for tuning in catch you next week Next week, the league is back, so we'll be covering those matches as well as any news that comes our way. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at Believe in OWL at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.